Welcome to the Flagrant 3 NBA Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Horton, joined as always by Chet the Chet Daddy Chapman. What up, what up? And Lucas Lukey Pookie Poo Glidewell. What's good? I had an extra Pookie this week. <laughs> I deserve it. He, he, he definitely deserves it. He was there to console me after the tragic loss uh, of life that was the NBA Eastern Conference Finals Massacre. Life seems like a little bit of an overstatement, my guy. We've been talking about 9-11 for the past 20 minutes for some reason, and I'm just trying to figure out where the where the parallel is here. But I don't think there is a parallel here. No, it's just I, I, I loved this team like, like my younger brother who kind of gets on my nerves a lot. I mean, Jason Tatum was your son. So. He was. Jason Tatum is my my grown adult son. You raised him from a babe. I did. I did raise him. He was toothless and naked coming to the world, but I slapped a bottle in his mouth and he he made it out all right. That went further than I thought I was gonna. <laughs> you can't. I thought Marcus Smart was your large adult child. I'm Marcus. I remember the day he was born. <laughs> what about Jalen? Oh God, Jalen! But seriously, how you, how you feeling today? I am, as anyone listening right now can probably guess, anything but sober. So this is gonna be a real bad episode. <laughs> so stay just, tuned for more. <laughs> so just uh, yeah, keep that in mind. I'm going to try and get through this. I am barely here. Yeah, so back to what we were talking about, which is the Celtics' loss in the East Finals. I'm in mourning. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? That was one of the first playoff games I missed because my parents were moving and I had to help them out with stuff in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you guys see in that game? Um, I saw the Celtics were up like with five minutes or so left, and then I guess it was just a collapse at that point. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the entire game was super close. It was back and forth, and I think Miami's largest lead before the end was uh, seven points okay. or nine points, uh, and the Celtics' biggest largest lead was four points. So it was extremely close the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the Celtics got up about six points, and things just fell completely apart. What happened? Our sh- our jumpers stopped going in, uh, and we had a lot of foul trouble. Tice fouled out. Uh, Stevens put in the wrong Williams. We are a fan of Time Lord on this podcast. I don't get me wrong. I I love Grant. I do. But he, I don't think he was ready for this. This playoff. Yeah, th- th- to have to carry as much as he did. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Because he was in the game in crunch time most yeah. games because he only went, went in when Tice fouled out, which yeah. was also most games. <laughs> like every game. Yeah. Yeah. We need a center who's, you know, taller than 6'9". Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's that's I, that's my big takeaway. I that would help you. you. Yeah. A lot. So now that it's the off season, I think we can talk about this for yeah. the Celtics. What about a trade for Gobert? Ooh, what do we have to give up? Probably Jalen. Or your babe, Marcus Smart. Oh, oh. I don't see. I could, I could, I could see us giving up smart for you, Bear, and that would break my heart. But I, I don't think we would give up Jalen for anything short of Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Jalen is a top 
50, top 30 player maybe at this yeah. point. Um, he's not going to be the number one guy on a title team in all likelihood, but he could definitely be the number two guy on an NBA championship team mm-hmm. yeah. next year, two years I, from now. Like, it, he's so good on both ends of the floor. He's automatic from the corner three, especially on a catch and shoot, and he can hit it on the dribble too. Mm-hmm. And he's improved his threes on the break uh, from the break this season. And doing that, and he's got this kind of patented like half spin fader from the post. That's just because he's such a long athlete, just goes in. Yeah, it's a lot like Kawhi's actually, which is yes. very weird. It's very Kawhi esque, and. He's a lockdown, you know, Kawhi-type defender. Yeah. Um, not quite at that he's, level. He's not at the level Really, of just Kawhi, in all aspects, he's kind of just a poor man's Kawhi. He, yeah, more or less. And not as he's poor a, a man bit, as you might think. He's. I think he's a better shooter than Kawhi, but I think he's not as good of a defender. Yes. I think Kawhi's freakish, like, yeah. wingspan and attributes deal with that though mm-hmm. yeah so Jalen is pretty much untouchable I get that yeah more or less Rudy Gobert though Rudy Gobert's good yes I agree you'd have to give that's up that's what I'm saying like, and, and it's more of a need for the Celtics yeah. because the Celtics do have Tatum and Hayward I could see them the honestly do you think they would give up Hayward <laughs> oh. Hayward's contract makes him a net negative in a trade, in my opinion. No, but do you understand? Send him back to the Jazz. Send him back to the Jazz. <laughs> Good lord. That, I did see an actual trade machine post on that at one point earlier this week. I, I think it was in the binge mode group oh, or something. That was so good. It, it would be fun for Gordon, I think, because... Boston really hasn't been his home, I don't think, like Utah was. Yeah. Um, And, obviously, all the Jazz fans absolutely loved him. Our man Caleb Lay, I think, would be thrilled about that. Yeah. He would be thrilled. (laughs) And and Boston... Boston doesn't hate Hayward. We don't dislike him or anything. It's just... We, we really wanted him to come here, and then he got here and was injured and just hasn't gotten... Back to what he was in Utah. Yeah. And looking at his injury, I don't think... I think it's mental. Like, he doesn't want to get hurt again. I think that's part of it. I think he's lo- he's lost some quickness. I think that's just a fact. It's kind yeah. of what happens when your foot snaps in half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still good. I, I still think he's a good player who provides a lot of value. But he's not a max player. Yeah, which is what he's being paid. Exactly. Um, yeah, he lost a little bit of a step, which I think has hurt him on defense actually more than offense. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, on a team where he was asked to be, what, the fourth option offensively, sometimes the fifth option if Marcus Smart was hot. He I, 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 Seriously. <laughs> Marcus Smart, uh, yeah. he averaged still like 17.5 points a game on efficient shooting. Um, well, the thing is, which he, is wild. when he originally came back, Brad had the team running play after play after play for for Hayward even though he just wasn't ready to produce at the time mm-hmm. right um but I, I think that the role that they had him in the last couple of months of the regular season and in the yeah. playoffs when he was playing was perfect for him because he was more mm-hmm. of just he's gonna play within the offense it, when the ball comes to him he'll be ready to shoot and yeah. shoot pretty well in those situations, and then he'll, he'll be asked to create four or five times a game, which I think is appropriate for that roster. He's He has been good at, and he didn't lose a step at creating for others, yes. I think, since his injury, uh, which has been a, a sizable boost for, for the Celtics' offense. Yeah, he was great at finding cutters. Yeah. More so than probably anyone else on the team. The only person who's probably doing a better job passing at least in the postseason has been Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> because his passing just for God knows why shot through the freaking roof. Yeah. And it, I think that's going to be one of the most interesting things to watch in the NBA over the next few years. Can Tatum maintain that? Because if he can you're really good. You're going yeah, from like a I don't know a 
Mitch Richmond type player to possibly like a Kobe type player. Yeah. Um, as far as like impact and like value over the course of his career. Right now, I'm like his floor is Paul Pierce. Yeah. Right now, that's that's his floor. Not a bad floor. Yeah, not a, not bad, a bad floor. floor. <laughs> not a bad floor. I would still be very happy with that. But I just think he can get better mm-hmm. than than PP ever was, and that's not a slight of PP. Uh, True. PP. It's not PP. It's poo poo. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, it's not a. That's not a slight against Paul. Uh, but Tatum's just got a, a few more natural gifts yeah. than what he what Paul had. Yeah, especially athletically, I think. Yeah. Um, Paul Pierce was a great athlete. Those yes. long yeah. strides that Tatum takes to get into the paint and like Euro around people, it, he's gotten really good at doing that, drawing contact and finishing. And then still staying under, under control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Paul just didn't have. Yeah. He, he wasn't athletic enough or quite long enough to make those long strides the way Tatum does. Yeah, I completely agree with you. One more thing I want to touch on on the Celtics mm-hmm. um, is Brad Stevens. There's been a few people calling for Brad Stevens' head. I think you you were one of them, Seth but you were not them. sober. I was, and not you were also sober. mostly joking. I was so sad. Um, so I I was I wouldn't say I was joking. I was just overreacting I, and being emotional. <laughs> it seemed pretty real. Oh, it was very real at the time. Um, I was just being a dumbass. So, and we've had this conversation like in the group chat or in person before, but I don't think we've ever had it on the pod. Mm-hmm. What is Brad Stevens' ceiling as a coach if he doesn't substantially change something about the way he coaches, like how fired up he gets or something along those lines? Can I go first? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. I think his ceiling is an Eastern Conference winner. But getting gentlemen sweeped or swept in the uh, in the finals, I never, I will not see him win a championship the way he is now, with the inability to make certain like changes at half. Yeah, the changes at half thing is big too. He's a very good adjuster over the course of the series. I think that was starting to happen in. The Miami series, as far as beating the zone, yeah. Um, but and the Raptors series, I think, was obviously a great case of that. Mm-hmm. But it, at halftime or in the middle of games, like during timeouts, I don't know if that if it's that he has to be in the film room and like manically trying to figure it out with like alone by himself in the middle of the night, or if it's that he just doesn't have the balls to pull the trigger on making changes in the middle of the game. But yeah. he's got to figure out a way to figure those things out in the moment so that, I mean, the, the coaches who can do that, I think, can swing one to two playoff games every year, which ultimately can swing a championship very yeah. easily. I'm a little bit lower than... <laughs> Luke, and that's not... I think he's an Eastern Conference finalist. I don't think he ever makes it to the finals. Ooh, wow. He's not a good halftime adjustment guy. He isn't great with all of his uh, challenges. Like, the challenges that he takes, he typically wins. But he's so conservative with them at times that he really shouldn't be. Yeah, it, he will go a whole game without using a challenge at all mm-hmm. very, very often because he's waiting for the end of the game moment. The two points, it doesn't matter if it comes in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. Like, if you get two points off the board for the other team in the first quarter, then you're going to be in a better position in the fourth. Two mm-hmm. points is two points, my yeah. guy. Two points is two points. It, so you should use it as soon as you know... I, I know for sure, or I know 90%, that I can reverse this call and mm-hmm. swing points one way or the other. If it's just possession or something like that, then maybe you save it and keep it in your back pocket. But mm-hmm. when you know points are at stake, you've got to pull the trigger when you know it's going to work. And there are two more things. I think, I think that Brad finds guys that he just gets really attached to, and he just plays them. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? You're talking about Brad Wanamaker. Brad Wanamaker. Is it the name? Grant Williams. Uh, <laughs> uh, he did this with... Uh, Shimmy Ojale? Yes. Shimmy Ojale. Like, Shimmy should never play in a playoff game. Yeah, you're probably right. Especially when you look at the season. He was getting minutes during the season with mm-hmm. guys like Romeo Langford, Time Lord... Grant Williams, younger guys yeah. who have more potential or not. And then you can't use Langford in the playoffs if you didn't use him in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to get those guys developmental minutes, which that's not to say Brad Stevens isn't good at developing talent. He is. He is. He's, um, he's really good at developing talent. Uh, the biggest issue is just getting really attached to guys and you know giving them minutes over guys who are probably a better you know, investment. I will say most coaches have that problem. Yeah. JB Bickerstaff loved, uh, oh, Shelvin Mack. Yeah. <laughs> Shelvin Mack, dude. Yeah. JB loved that. him and would always play him, even though Shelvin Mack was a net negative. Then you had that weird thing with, uh, what's his name? Doc Rivers and Austin Rivers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, that was weird. That, that was weird. Maybe it was and He just familial. played his son. <laughs> More Nepotism than question mark? <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> I, I, Austin Rivers is a good player now, but Doc was wilding for playing him as much as he was when he was, when he just wasn't a good player. And when they had the Lob City Clippers, who should have made finals runs. Speaking of Clippers teams that should have made finals runs and Doc Rivers as he <laughs> pertains to them. What uh, a segue. <laughs> Doc Rivers retired or got fired. He retired, got He quit today. He he. The the verbiage was he out. is out. He out. He is out He's of peace. of L A. I get out. I, I said we should have kept him. I didn't believe that super strongly necessarily. I think that was probably mostly emotional for me because I like Doc Rivers. Um, I had some conversations with some other Clippers fans in the group. Um, and a lot of Clippers fans wanted him out, and I don't think it's entirely unreasonable. He's blown three 3-1 leads in his career. Two it's, of them with the Clippers, with teams that should have at least been in the Western Conference Finals. It's bad finals. news, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it could just be the Clippers curse, but we, it's probably I, a good idea. He was only able to get the 08 Celtics team. Like that, the big three Celtics team won championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That team probably should have. I would say if you run that back five years in a row or however long they played together with mm-hmm. whoever as the head coach who isn't Doc Rivers, the over under is like two titles. Yeah. Um, for those five years, there was no excuse for losing in the '09 playoffs the way they did. Yep. Um, I understand losing to the Kobe Lakers once. They probably should have beat the LeBron Heat team in 2012, but, I I mean, LeBron just went off, and that was kind of one of his signature moments, so that's understandable. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you're right. They should have had more titles. Yeah, probably. So my point being that Doc Rivers is kind of his entire career – Underachieved with really good talent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this Clippers team, the Lob City Clippers, the 08 Celtics. I mean, the T Mac, uh, Grant Hill, mm-hmm. Magic team. They never got past the second, the first round. Yeah. Which is not necessarily Doc's fault because Grant Hill kept getting hurt and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it has been a consistent thing. He's had four iterations of very good teams, gotten one title out of it. Yeah. It is interesting to see, like, such a beloved coach kind of just underperform mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, and I think most people, at least up until this season, thought he was just a good and coach. I respect him. He's I, a, don't, I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's yeah. a good coach. Yeah. I just think his ceiling is conference finals. Yeah. You're, you you might be right about that, but all that to say, who what should the Clippers do now? 
obviously Sam Cassell is in the organization. He's mm-hmm. been a candidate to be a head coach for a couple of years now. Um, they could go elsewhere. You mentioned the ridiculous well, idea of MDA, Luke. Well, <laughs> okay, so so this afternoon after it happened, Woj had another tweet like an hour later, and he he had front runners, uh, Ty Lu and Jeff Van Gundy. Honestly, those are decent hires. I kind of have a problem with Ty Lue. Just because he coached LeBron one year does not make him a contender. Yeah, I, I think Ty Lue's name is a little bit overrated. Um, yeah, it is. Maybe quite a bit overrated. It's very um, extremely, uh, maybe the most overrated. A name that should probably be thrown out, and you can call me a homer for this, uh, Lionel Hollins coached some of the greatest defensive Grizzly teams. And seeing the the players that they have on the Clippers right now, yeah. that would be an insanely good defensive team. Yeah, that's actually fair because we did underachieve defensively. We were one of the best defensive teams in the mm-hmm. league, but we should have been the best, and it shouldn't have really been close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think we very much lacked, other than maybe that Mav series, the like grit and grind mentality that Lionel Hollins would bring. Um, I mean... The entire playoffs, it, it didn't feel like there was a whole lot of intensity coming from the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mook was really the only one who was playing with a lot of intensity. Kawhi played with intensity the first round, and then, like, P-Bev just kind of looked like he was standing around, which is really weird for P-Bev. PG was just kind of there. I mean, there, there was a lot of issues, and I don't know... I don't know what the source of all of that was, but I think, a guy, like you said, a guy like yeah. Collins could actually come in and fix some of those. I think the Clippers should trade uh, Montrez and P-Bev for a good center. <laughs> a good center or a good point guard? Center. I think a point guard's more important. Because you still have Lou Will, who can play as a good point guard. He's just... Going to be a defensive liability. I want to see which you should be able to make up for with Kawhi and PG and a good center. I would wait on that to see Luwil play without Montrez. That's fair. Most of Luwil's assists the last few years have been in the pick and roll to Montrez, Mm -hmm. um, which has probably made him look just the chemistry there made him look Mm -hmm. a little better as a like creator for others, Mm -hmm. um, which maybe you could develop chemistry like that with an Andre Drummond or whoever we go after as far as the center situation. Mm-hmm. Um, if we do trade Harrell, it would have to be a sign-and-trade, obviously. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I don't know. Could, that could work to match, you know, salaries. Yeah, it could. Um, I think that, obviously, Drummond has been brought up for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Gobert is another guy. We talked about him for the Celtics earlier. He will probably be on the trade he would, market. He would be a great fit for the Clippers. I think I think he'd be a better fit than uh, Drummond. The thing about Gobert is I think that we wouldn't necessarily be maximizing the thing that he's best at, yeah. which is covering up for bad wing defenders. <laughs> like, if someone I, gets Lou, a blow-by... Yeah, Lou will. That's true. <laughs> But there's not gonna be there's not gonna be a lot of that going on. Lou will be will be playing, playing twenty five minutes off the bench. That's twenty five minutes of blow bys. That's twenty five <laughs> minutes where you need a, a good defensive center. That's fair. And I don't know. Kind of worth. I I think a team with Gobert on the Clippers would be a scary defensive team. Yeah, it would be offensively limited. It definitely yes. would be. But, I mean, Kawhi can take over in big moments offensively. We, uh, I'm sure that we'll get... He can. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. He he. Jimmy Butlered the Toronto Raptors before Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat. That's fair. That's fair. You're living in the moment. Stop it, please. <laughs> um, I can't do anything but live in the moment right now. <laughs> Thank you very much. But... If we do get Gobert, I don't know that that's the ideal type of defender in the Western Conference as far as we need to get through Jokic and we need to get through AD. 
and he's not the best defender in the NBA as far as just like stand, standing in the post and playing post defense. He's better as like a rim protector with cutters and guys driving. He and he has been burned by AD and Jokic in the past and hasn't looked a lot different than an average defender. That is a good point. Which I think is a reason that I would be more apt to go after Drummond. And I think the price would be a little bit lower. Hmm. I mean, if the price is lower, then yeah, I go after Drummond because uh, I don't think he. I don't think that Gobert is better enough for him to get you know significantly more. All right, so, Seth, uh, going back, uh, what coach do you think the Clippers should go after? Um, I'm th- the, the two names that come to mind are Alvin Gentry and Kenny Atkinson. I would hate it if we got Gentry. Why? I don't like looking at him. <laughs> chap. <laughs> chap, no. <laughs> Bad chap. <laughs> Bad. Chap. What? What do you want from me? <laughs> I also don't think he's a very good coach. I think Really? I honestly think Alvin Gentry got covered up for because he had AD. I don't think he was a good coach either. But that being said... I don't think he's horrible. Yeah. I, I, he's... I, yeah. He's not going to push us over the edge to win a title. I mean, yeah. Atkinson maybe could. Um, I yeah, think Atkinson I mean, I, is a really good coach. Yes. I mean, Atkinson is my preferred. Um, but I think Gentry is just kind of a very neutral coach. You know what I mean? That's fair. And I think that could work really well with Kawhi and PG. Yeah. Gentry is the type of neutral coach who will actually do coaching things, like make adjustments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ty Lue is a neutral coach who will not do coaching things, and will stand around and ask LeBron what to do. He's, um, he's basically, uh, when you have a, a school club and you have to have a faculty uh, <laughs> member sign on to it, he's, he's a faculty member. Yeah. yeah. He, he is he officially he... associated with this thing. It gets yeah, paid for it. Nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. He'll, he'll get a ring if they happen to win one. He just doesn't I... show up. To every other game. <laughs> I think Ty Lue, every time he would draw a play out, he just wrote out the words, give the ball to LeBron. <laughs> LeBron coaches, coaches, <laughs> coaches one year uh, without LeBron, and he keeps putting <laughs> he LeBron's keeps putting name LeBron. on, on Give the ball to LeBron. <laughs> Is this just J.R. Smith now? <laughs> hey, you don't make fun of J.R. Smith. I will make fun of J.R. Smith all I want to, sir. In this house, we praise the Henny God. <laughs> I, let's move on. Anything is possible, baby. So, we've been... I think maybe we've just been in denial, but we've been on this show for a half hour right after the finals are decided. We haven't talked about the finals yet. Um, I'm not in denial. You two are. In denial of what? <laughs> what, are, what could you be referring to, Luke? The Lakers have a chance to uh, to tie the Celtics in championships. <sighs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> and the... Uh, I don't know what you're in denial about, Chap, but... The Lakers have a chance to get 17 ahead of the Clippers <laughs> in championships. <laughs> <laughs> and the Grizzlies, too. Darn! <laughs> I mean, we hate the Lakers. We are obliged to hate the Lakers because of who we're fans of, and also we would if not. Yeah. Yeah. I Basically, if you're not a Lakers fan, you have to hate the Lakers. It's kind of a rule. Yeah, it's, it's close to, like, the Yankees or the Cowboys. Yeah. It's not quite to that level, but it's, it's, it's pretty close. It's really close. And then, yeah. if you don't hate the Lakers as a fan of another team you will relentlessly be called a fake fan and they will be correct. Yeah. Honestly, I'm kind of apathetic because I'm a fan of LeBron just because of LeBron. I think I'm going to (laughs) puke. But I could care less now. Like, it'd be cool to watch Jimmy Butler win just because he's Jimmy Butler. I would love it if Jimmy Buckets got a championship. (laughs) I would be so happy. That would be 
that would be just incredible. Along the lines of Jimmy Butler getting a championship, this Heat team possibly winning the finals. Tyler Hero being a finals MVP. Yeah, all, all of that. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I mean, along those lines, this Heat team is kind of a historic finals team. They're a five seed. Only one five or lower seed has ever won the championship. That was the 94 Rockets the year before they got uh, Clyde Drexler. And Hakeem just carried that team to a championship. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the best peaks of all time. Um, But this Heat team is a little bit more like the Pistons of like the early to mid-2000s. Although I think that comparison i've heard it a lot is a little bit unfair to the pistons because they went to the conference finals so often they went Mm -hmm. to the finals a few times and this heat team is a new team they're brand new on the scene they are in the finals yes but i think it's a, a little quick to it may be just a little bit ignorant of what that pistons team was to go ahead and put them up there with that team i think any any team that goes deep into the playoffs without at least one bona fide superstar is automatically compared to the to the Pistons. Yeah, and it's partly fair, but also largely ignores the rest of the narrative about that team, which is that they were consistently really. F- good. Yeah, I, I think that Ben Wallace is underappreciated. Rasheed Wallace, obviously, under uh, the whole team, really, just underappreciated dudes who were really, really good players. And they didn't have an MVP. Um, mm-hmm. I think the 04 Pistons, or really the Pistons and then the 06 Heat are the only teams that didn't have a past, present, or future MVP yeah. on the team to win the title in like the last... 40 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't Shaq win one? Oh, yeah. Shaq won a title, so the so OCC aren't even on. Yeah. Yeah, so it just the Pistons are the team. They've done it three times that didn't have a past, present, or future MVP mm-hmm. on the team, and they went on to win a title. And the Heat, save a world where Bam goes on to win an MVP, which I think is very unlikely, they could become the second franchise to ever do that. I think he'll come close, yeah. You think Bam will come close to an MVP? Maybe, like, one year he finishes, like, top four. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's fair. A Blake Griffin or Paul George yeah. type ceiling. I think that's totally fair for um, for Bam, and I think he might even extend that several more years than Griffin mm-hmm. or George either one did. Mm-hmm. But I, wh- where do you guys see, like, let's say the Heat win the title... Jimmy finals MVP because I think that's probably the most likely thing. Um, what, where, he better win finals could, MVP. Could be Tyler Hero. <laughs> it's not going to be Tyler Hero. <laughs> it really could be, though. <laughs> Let's say they win the title. Where does this team, like, how do we think about this team historically, especially with COVID? And how do we think about Jimmy and Bam in a historical context, both and also in. Like, where they line up in today's league? Are they both top 10 players? Are they both, neither of them top 15 still? I I think Jimmy has kind of looked and cemented himself as top 10 this season. Mm. But that's just me. I think if they win, the Timberwolves owe us all a service. To release the tapes from the practice. Um, yes. That's all I want out of life. Oh, do those tapes exist, Luke? They more than likely do. They're stored in a safe somewhere. Or I want I want a player to come out and talk about it. I want, more than anything, a Broadway-esque perf- reenactment performance <laughs> of that Wolves practice. And I want... I want Michael Jordan to play Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I love all of this so much. Can we write this script like right after the podcast today? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I, so coming up in 
12 months, we can, I think, officially put this in stone and announce it. Me and Seth are going <laughs> to, all three of us are going to be the writers of a Broadway show featuring uh, Jimmy Butler. Off-Broadway. Off-Broadway to start with. We Honest, can say honestly, it's a disservice that the only reenactment we have is the Game of Zones episode. That Game yeah. of Zones episode is legendary, though. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, like, I don't see them winning, but also it would be, it would be really one of the most legendary wins, I think, up there with probably the Pistons in 04, or even the Mavs in 2011. Yeah, I think that Mavs team is just straight up underrated. Yeah. Um, I think unless Jimmy just goes the hell off. He, he he still sits at my you know fourteen fifteen spot. Even if they win, yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it's really hard to quantify what defense and especially what just intensity does for a team. And he's at least during this Celtic series was phenomenal at creating shots for his teammates. Yeah, even if it wasn't a direct assist. Just penetrating. Penetrating, creating space, mm-hmm. and and getting his teammates the ball in the room to get a good look. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, shifting gears, and I think that this is probably why we all kind of think the, the Heat won't win the title. Mm-hmm. LeBron has a chance for his fourth reign. And if he doesn't get it, all of a sudden he's 3-7 and seven in the finals. He, he has seven finals losses, which... I believe is the most all time. I think he already has the most finals losses of all time. But I mean, what's at stake for LeBron's legacy here is he probably goes down as the third best player, or I, he, he there's half the people at least saying he's the best player ever. I don't see him losing his status in my mind, which is the number two best player of all time. There's no way he's passing Jordan at this point. There's also no way that. I think anyone below him is going to hop over him or he's going to lose enough finals to go down. So you're saying that there's nothing at stake for LeBron here. This I, is all just extra bonus points. No, I think at this point the only thing at stake is kind of how he stays in our minds. Does he... Is he vul- more vulnerable yeah. than we saw him? Kind of like is this... This will be looked at as the peak of his career versus the... The ending of it, I think. That's fair. Do we see him as a guy who fell off once he went to L.A., never brought them a championship, had that weird finals run in the COVID year, but ultimately wasn't the same guy after he left Cleveland? Or do we see him as a guy who was still in his prime 17 years in? I mean, he's still playing out of his mind. He absolutely is. Revisionist history can go back and say this was a weird year where the Clippers got eliminated and they shouldn't have ever even made it to the finals. Yeah, who cares about that? LeBron James is going to win finals MVP. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Seth is coming to terms with it as a Celtics fan. I hate everything. Um, As far as LeBron's legacy goes... You know, if he wins this, I don't think that changes anything really, other than it'll it might prove to some people that, you know, LeBron can win in the Eastern Conference and in the Western Conference. Eh. Eh. His Western Conference gauntlet or whatever was not much more difficult than it was in the East the last several years. Um, I mean, he the- didn't play. A championship level team. That was the big argument the against him, though. That the only time he played someone from the West was in the finals. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the big argument. It's. I think even LeBron might be frustrated that he didn't get to play a championship level team in the West, though, because he didn't get to prove that he could do it. Um, and if he loses, you know, he, he goes to three and seven in the finals, and I think. Your Nick Wrights of the world, people who already have him as their GOAT, I don't think any of them change their mind. No. I think there are a few people who will have him cemented right behind Kareem. Um, 
And I think most people who don't already have him as the GOAT will just have him cemented at number two. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this yeah. will swing a lot of people from he's number two to he's the GOAT if he wins it. I think in 10 to 15 he, years, uh, people might look back at him and kind of see him as a, a better Carl Malone. Well, he has a chance to be... If he, if he wins this... If he loses. Oh, okay. That's... Ooh. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> uh, if like he... A, a Carl Malone who got a... Who actually won a couple championships. Yeah, you had Carl Malone with help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, isn't he... Wouldn't he be the only one to win, if they won this year, three finals MVPs... With different teams. Yep. Mm-hmm. Him and Kawhi both had a chance to do that going into this year. Kawhi still has a chance to do it. Yeah. Kawhi's not ever going to do it. Kawhi will. <sighs> They'll win eventually. I don't think the Clippers are going to win the title with Kawhi. Kawhi might win a title when him and Anthony Davis join the Bulls next summer. Oh. That's a possibility. Oh, my. <laughs> but, yeah, he's not going to win a title with us. We're cursed. I'm coming for your legacy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I just uh-huh. think that a fourth title... Ooh, 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 ooh. That's a spicy Question. take, my guy. What if the Clippers get Brad Stevens? <laughs> <laughs> what if we trade for Brad Stevens? A solid switcheroo. <laughs> Brad Stevens for Doc. Who says no? <laughs> Doc goes on to win a championship with the Celtics again. Only one, and they act like it's the best thing ever. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> It'll keep us ahead it's, of the Lakers. In, in 2028, when the Celtics win, what, their 18th title? And they act like they're the 08 Celtics all over again? We will be. <laughs> the, I'll have to tell you. If, for one thing... Actually, never mind. <laughs> What were you going to say? I was going to say I don't think this team would act like the 08 Celtics team did. <laughs> Marcus absolutely would, though. Marcus, Marcus would absolutely totally would. It. Daniel Tice would. He would be the next He'd Kendrick, be Kendrick Perkins. Perkins. He would be Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> and then, Jesus. Uh, Tatum and Brown don't seem like they would at this point, but Tatum, also that I, would be Tatum absolutely would be Tatum, uh, Paul Pierce. Tatum would be Paul and Jalen would be Ray Allen. Jalen could be Ray Allen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so never mind on what I was going to say. <laughs> but I, I don't think it'll be 2028 before this team wins the title. I was just saying that because 2008 is the next closest date. Okay, that's fine. So, talking about this finals, um, I think we're overlooking one massive point, and that's the historic greatness that is the Miami Heat. And how much does their greatness play into... Uh, Shaq and Wade versus one of the greatest head coaches that we've seen in the league today, Eric Spolstra. Mm-hmm. Eric Spolstra, I think, really, even with the the Heatles, uh, showed how good of a head coach he is. The fact that he was able to keep LeBron in check, and LeBron really wanted him gone. LeBron really wanted him gone. Yes. Like... People joke about that four years with the Heatles was like LeBron's college and him growing up or whatever, but it mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And Spolstra had to play the role of like a college head coach in a lot of those situations <laughs> with guys just getting mad at each other and LeBron wanting him gone and LeBron acting out like a teenager almost. Which yeah. He, he didn't go to college. You understand that to a degree. Yeah. Um, but he did a lot of growing up and that was under Spolstra, and to some degree, I think Spolstra and the way he handled all of that can be credited to the 2016 Cavs championship run. LeBron wouldn't have ever done that without Mm -hmm. what Spo did, Um, and even who LeBron is today. I don't think that he would have become a championship player that's just competing for titles year in and year out without Spo. Mm-hmm. Which I think is very, very understated in the legacy of Spo, the legacy of LeBron, and just in general is how much that relationship really turned LeBron from kind of how we think of Giannis now or how we thought of Carl Malone, of a guy who's not going to win a title to this guy is a generational player, one of the greatest two, three players of all time. 
Mm-hmm. I think Spo's a great coach. <laughs> like, hands down, one of the best. Yeah, I said this earlier, but he is in my top tier with Popovich, Stevens, and uh, Nurse. I, I don't put Stevens even in that top tier. I, wouldn't, I don't know I that think, I put Nurse quite in that top tier. I think... It's kind of a there's a there's a gap. Yeah, a but bit. it's still like the gap between Stevens and the next guy is bigger. It's than close. The gap yeah, like Nurse and Stevens or whatever. Yes, or Spo and Stevens. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, where does Doc fall in all of that? I think he's below those four guys. Certainly, he's below those guys, and I. I think he's below the next tier of guys, which is like wow. Coach Bud, uh, Quinn Snyder, Car- uh, Carlisle, those guys. Yeah. He's just under that group. And I think Carlisle has a case for tier one as well. Um, yeah. He's a guy. I think he's right really up there with. He, he's right up there with Stevens, I think. I yeah. think that. He is 95% of the, like, basketball mind that Brad is with just a little bit more oomph. Like just he, willing he, to go for it. He yeah. can get a team fired up. A, more in, personality. A little bit more than Brad. Not, not yeah. a lot. He's not, he's not Pop and he's not Spo. Um, or even Coach Bud in that regard. Mm-hmm. But he, he has a little more personality and a little more... He's not going to be playing solitaire on his phone while Marcus Smart's yelling in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. He'll be breaking on film. Because that's what Rick Carlisle does. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, Brad. Good old Brad. Oh, Brad. God. God. My, we, I think my favorite picture of all time is... There's a photo of Brad Stevens crossing his arms, coaching on this bench, and then right behind him is a Celtics fan in a shirt of Brad Stevens crossing <laughs> his arms, coaching. <laughs> it, it, they look exactly the same. It's like you like took Brad Stevens out of the camera shot and like inserted mm-hmm. him on the shirt. It was like it was a screen or something. It was incredible. That's <laughs> so good. So even cute. <laughs> So can we can we end on some predictions for yeah. the finals tonight? <sighs> yeah, Lakers in six is what I'm gonna say, Ooh. and I hate it. I, I really don't want the Lakers to win, and I do think the Heat have a chance. Luke, you go. <laughs> um, I think the Heat and the Heat legend Udonis Haslam, who's been there through it all, gotta mention UD. Uh, Get sent home in five. You you started with the Heat, and I assumed that they were okay. They're not winning. Uh, it's uh, Lakers in five. I just okay. wanted to bring up Udonis Haslam. That's fine. All right, let's see. I'll say Bam Adebayo is going to be the toughest matchup AD has seen so far. Yeah. And Jimmy's going to be the toughest matchup LeBron has seen. Yeah. That's that's definitely true, and then the switchability of those guys as well. Um, they're gonna have to deal with Hero and Robinson shooting threes, pulling up those guys. Their mechanics are so freaking good, dude. Yeah, like it's so fluid, and and Hero's decision making, like he just goes for it. Yeah. And that really works to his advantage with his quick release. Yeah. Robinson's mechanics, by the way, are just like Steph's. Yeah. Um, Brett in the group pointed that out the other day, and I went and watched some film and like side by side, and it was like, wow. Their jump shots are really my guy. I think think it's going to be a very tough time for the Lakers. And I think the Heat are going to go the distance – and you're going to take the Lakers to five games. <laughs> you, you keep doing this. It's a version of expectation. Are you Ryan Johnson? <laughs> um, I, I think it comes down to the Heat's depth is 
I think, very clearly better than the Lakers. Um, than the Lakers' depth. But can Jimmy and Bam play up to and be alphas in the way that LeBron and AD are? That's the uh, question we'll find out. It doesn't matter. It, it, Ooh. It, it does. It, it does, but... If you have LeBron and AD on a team, you win. That's... We've seen this. It's worked. Yeah, it's been tested. It's not dissimilar to Shaq, Kobe, yeah, um, or Steph, Katie. I think Jordan Pippen might be even a little overrated in that conversation, as mm-hmm. far as Pippen was a top ten guy, but he wasn't. Like you, there's an argument to be made that. If you could have any two guys on a team, you would want it to be LeBron and AD. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's actually a good argument because they're so synergetic and mm-hmm. they're yeah. both top five guys. And AD is hitting sidestep threes. Yeah. At the buzzer. It's... They seem pretty unbeatable right now. Yeah. But, yeah. but their depth isn't good. Now, that being said, if the Lakers don't win in five... It's Heat and seven. Okay. <laughs> All right. It is one of those two. Nothing more. Nothing you, less. You don't think the the Lakers are going to drop game one, make everyone go like, "Oh my god, it's going to be the Heat," and then and LeBron the and AG just, just rattle games. off four games like it has been this playoffs. I, That's entirely a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of why I said Lakers in five. <laughs> Nick Wright goes on and goes, Tyler Hero might be the GOAT. And then all of a sudden, LeBron goes, it is my time. I hate Nick Wright. I know you do. That's why I brought him up. I hate him. We don't want to talk about... We've talked about Nick Wright entirely too much on this podcast. (laughs) We've brought him up twice. I I mean, we talked about him last week, too. We need to stop. We need to stop. stop. I might edit Nick Wright out of the show. (laughs) Please do. I hate Nick Wright. We bring up beep Mm. all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That was funny. Yeah, it was. Alright, this was the Flagrant 3. Yeah, this is the Flagrant 3. Maybe I'll be sober next time. Maybe not. Who knows? Not me. It, it See you guys largely, later. Largely depends on whether the Lakers win game one. <laughs> Woo! <laughs>